Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese meditation bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. The show that brings you the wisest counsel and the most fascinating people in the business community from all around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson. Your Hieronymus Bosch of business. And do you know why most folks misinterpret the term family business? Well, it's because they don't give each of those words equal weight. And by that I mean, well, both family and business are highly complex financial and form a really delicate, intricate merger. And boy, if you do it thoughtlessly, it can become a snake pit for all involved. But, but when well done, uh, family and business are powerfully and mutually fueling each other to make a wonderfully advantageous union. And here to tell you how best to seize that advantage is the master of family businesses, who for more than three decades has guided firms and families into mutual fulfillment, Mr. Tom Hubler, a gentleman with a revolutionarily holistic approach. And... Well, I think that the title of his latest book really reveals his his whole approach. It's entitled the The Soul of Family Business: A Practical Guide to Family Business Success and a Loving Family. Tom, I'm so glad that you could break free from the city of flour and sawdust, as they call Minneapolis, and help us tease apart the Gordian snarls of the of families and business. I'm happy to do it, Bart. Wonderful, wonderful to be with you. Oh well, again, glad you could be here. And uh, Tom, now uh, part of it is is that we have an attitude. Uh, I think too often uh, the term family business gets sort of tarred with a brush of mom and pop and small time stuff. Right. But in fact, uh, it's not only the Family business is not only our cultural backbone, it's America's financial backbone as well, am I right? That's right. When we first started, went into this field 35 years ago, people used to say to me, how could you possibly think about going into such a small field? I said, wait a second. Family businesses represent 95% of the business in the country, 160 to Fortune 500. They're the source of most new employment. They contribute over 60% of the gross national product, and they're, the, as you said, the financial backbone of our economy. And uh, they're just underrepresented and underappreciated for all the things they do. Hmm. Isn't that amazing? I, I think it's people look at bottom line, they measure companies and categorize them by bottom line, and they don't realize that the, the family unit is, is, is in there, and it makes such a difference. Well, but actually, just uh, talking 30 years ago, it, it, just in my own antenna, just what I'm, I've, I've seen a sort of a real popularity push in young entrepreneurial folks 
choosing, opting for a family business. I mean, haven't, haven't we? I mean, I think, you know, entering, as you say, entering the family firm used to be like sending the stupid son to the church, you know. But there's, well, that there's was, a different attitude toward it, right? That was a, always it was a career in, the, in 35, 40 years ago, it was always it was a career of second choice. And if you didn't make it in the yeah, regular yeah. corporate, you, you come into the family business. Now it's a career of choice. When we right. first started, there was only one university program in the country that had a business school that had a family business component. It was Wharton at the University of Pennsylvania. Oh, well, now there's over 100 programs in the in the uh, in the country where there are family business components in the business school. So it's become a major positive thing uh, in our our economy and our educational system to prepare kids, adult children, to be uh, active and successful leaders in family businesses. Huh. Well, now you and and. This is interesting because you yourself, Tom, came into the world of counseling family business as both as a pioneer, but you came from an oblique angle. Instead of a CPA or C-suiter, you really were, you originally were a therapist, I believe, weren't you? And what led right. you into counseling family businesses? Well, what happened was I was a, a family therapist and I got a Bush Leadership Fellow. And the Bush Foundation is a 3M uh-huh. fellowship from the 3M Foundation. And um, anyway, I got this fellowship on the basis of saying that family, excuse me, mental health professionals don't do within their own systems what they teach their clients to do. And so um, I, my original plan was to work for the nonprofits. I, uh, right. you know, it was a brilliant right. idea, and I got funded, and I got to go to school, but it never dawned on me that there was no money in their budgets to pay for those kinds of services. So I went, duh. So then I began to do work for law firms and physician groups that have a terrible time managing their differences. And in 1981, I was in Cleveland oh, yeah. to deliver a paper to conference, uh-huh. and I accidentally came across an unpublished paper on family-owned businesses. And I read it on the airplane coming back to Minneapolis and said to my partner, this is a much better blend of our backgrounds. And he was a corporate attorney, and I had this family background. And wow. we ended up becoming nationally known because it was a lawyer and a uh, family therapist working together. Hmm. I, I, you know, it really is true. We recently had a show uh, in which we talked about someone who set up the whole this this holistic view of services for uh, people undergoing divorce, and you really were able to handle both the legal and the emotional thing by again uniting uh, different skills into a single uh, service package, right? That's true, and really, and, and the solutions to family businesses really come from a a group or a multidisciplinary approach to working with family businesses because the the issues are so complicated. They're a business, they're legal, they're financial, they're emotional. So it requires a team of people that have a a background that understands families to be able to to solve these complicated problems. Yeah. Well, I I just know that most of the time you go to any cocktail party and one of the major complaints – uh, right up there with with the current political situation is 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 family members. So it is daunting. But uh, your, your book in your book, the uh, the soul of family business, you keep using a term. I I really just love this. It's called you talk about building emotional equity. Now, right. within a family business, what is that, and how do you go about forging it? Well, first of all, when I taught at the University of St. Thomas. I used to say all the time that business and financial differences that are normal will erode your family relationship unless you're proactive and positive to build what I call the uh-huh. build the emotional equity of the family. 
There was a uh, an article in the St. Paul paper a number of years ago about couples who were in the restaurant business but had divorced but kept their business relationship, which indicated to me they'd spent all of their time and their money and their energy on the business side of the equation and forgot about the emotional side in their relationship. So building the emotional mm. equity of the family is done in two ways. The first way is having uh-huh. what I call a reciprocal commitment to each other's success. And um, the idea is that, it, you know, if you, you and I were partners, it's like if you right. and I were partners working together in a family business or in a business, you need to know that I'm committed to helping you get whatever it is you want on a daily basis and vice versa. And that's right. the reciprocal commitment to each other's success, which is what is really critical. And then, well, uh, it's important for us to maintain our individuality, but we can't have a team if people, if we only think about that. So we need to have a common vision and to unite us as a family. Right. And that's another part of it. And then the other aspect of building the emotional equity of the uh, family is doing things uh-huh. together because it's not unusual for family members to say, well, listen, I see you all week long. There's no reason for us to get together for the barbecue on Sunday, and they forget to do, they, they don't do uh, normal sorts of things. Family rituals start to fade. So being proactive and positive and doing things about getting together and having breakfast or having lunch or going to a ball game or continuing to do family fun things is another aspect of, of building your emotional equity. I, you know, I can see that's true. It just uh, you sort of think, well, I'm looking at my, I'm looking at my wife, and I'm looking at at, at Uncle Bill all cotton picking day. I see him every day in the plant. Why do I need to, you know, there's a sort of let, let's get a rest from Uncle Bill <laughs> and, and and my wife. So, and so you come home and tell your wife that. She yeah. said, well, wait a second, I haven't seen the family for weeks. You see him every day. I'm feeling left out. I want to get together, and so it creates a, a tension there. Ah, also. yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, within the family business, you probably only see a couple of them, obviously. Well, just as you're, as you're implying, right. and I, I think yeah, what gets me is you're saying the the, the term you used, reciprocal, reciprocally uh, dedicated to each other's success. Wouldn't you say that that is something that should be done through all business? Uh, I, as as your boss, and uh, you, as my coworker, should shouldn't we really? Isn't that a good approach for just any business in common, right? Oh, it is. I think you know having this commitment, uh, and that's what creates a team: is people committed to helping each other be successful. And and his book M. Scott mm. Peck talks about he defines love. As the, as the promotion of the spiritual well-being of another. So another sort of way to define uh, this reciprocal commitment is the idea of love, that I love you and therefore I'm committed to helping you. There is a definition of love, in the, and uh, I suddenly forgot who said it, but it, it uh, was an Elizabethan writer who said, who defined love as a concern for your uh, an individual's concern for the welfare, success, and happiness of another, regardless of one's own. That's correct. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's uh, and critical. I think that's sort of where you're heading with that, right? Right, and that's critical for um, the emotional stability and strength of a family. It represents what I call, you know, uh, in the book the soul of family business, you know, having a, a conscious effort to build that emotional equity is a big part of what the soul of family business is, is all about. 
Oh, that's thank you for saying that. Is it, well, if and if you have just joined us, you are listening to The Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time flows eternally through the ethereal updrafts of cyberspace, where you may listen and download this episode and of all of them, in fact, by visiting theartoftheceo.com. That's theartoftheceo.com. And as an added avenue, you, you may also enjoy our shows on C-Suite Radio Station. We are now proud members of C-Suite Radio, where business ambitions and ventures discover new avenues from fine experts. So just visit uh, the Art of the CEO episodes on c-suiteradio.com. And there you go. Now, Tom, uh, you also mentioned a family vision, which I think is a lovely idea to have. But I'm, uh, I'm going to come come to you as a as a family business owner, Tom. This is my industrial distribution company, and I built it with my own two hands. And my toughest challenge, as it is with any business, is to get my family aligned with my own vision. I mean, can can you help me? I how do I build a common family value and get everyone inspired to the same castle in the air? that I envision our firm becoming. Well, the problem is that's your vision. That's your vision, and what we need to do is to figure out what the family's vision are. And then the other part of that is, what are your family values? Uh-huh. What is it you want to see? Or what are the values you want to see perpetuated uh, in your company? And to use those values to unite the family, and that's the, the basis for creating the common vision, are these family values. And that's what your essence is, what your soul is, and what distinguishes you distinguishes you from all your competitors, and that's what you need to bottle in the form of creating the common vision. Ah, well, give me uh, just another uh, uniting the families one. What in your experience? What are some of the other family values that you've seen companies come together around? Oh, it's things around loyalty, integrity, trust. Um, um, uh, uh, family first, uh, being religiously oriented uh, is another one, uh, are some of the common ones that come up. Uh, it, it includes uh, service. It includes philanthropy. Uh, it includes sharing the benefits of the company uh, and their foundations with, uh, with, um, uh, with the community and uh, making a commitment to do Uh that. Now, how does this come out to be a business advantage? Uh, I mean, obviously I can see what what you've just spoken of as as being a family core united where it it pulls us together, but it also has to be a business advantage too. And uh, I would think that... uh, uh, I mean, everything from religious orientation to... uh, would be helpful, right? So the, Go ahead. So I think, you know, from my perspective and what the research has shown is that when families uh-huh. uh, are in business together, are in harmony, it goes directly uh-huh. to the bottom line. And there was a re- another researcher no who uh, did research on uh, family firms that own large uh-huh. sports franchises. And what they discovered is that when the family uh-huh. was in harmony, the team did better on the field. So, uh, so it goes kidding. to the bottom line. Yeah, no, that's true. It really is true. Huh. And so so the team will do better if the family is getting along with each other. So you're telling me that because I'm passionately in love with my wife that I'm going to send my team to the Super Bowl? 
That's right. <laughs> your kids, your kids <laughs> will go to the Super Bowl. Right. Well, that's absolutely. I think that's. Uh, you know, it's it's funny. I don't doubt that for a moment. And yet, at the same time, I think it's a, a wonderful. Uh, it's it's something that people that we don't turn to. I, I think it's a wonderful idea, but it's something that we don't think of. Uh, and I, I don't think anyone would disagree with those findings. Well, uh, Tom, I'm going. I'm going to ask uh, at the uh, the name of your cogent book that is. The Soul of Family Business, A Practical Guide to Family Business Success and a Loving Family. Uh, it's uh, What I love about it is that it's refreshingly human. It's devoid of, of a whole lot of ill-fitting formula. But if I wanted to uh, get that and take a look, at, uh, get a copy of it, where, where could I get a hold of it? Well, I think Barnes & Noble uh, has copies of it, and uh, you can get copies of it on Amazon. Okay. All right, so take so take a look, and we'll do that. And uh, now, with your perspective all sharpened for both your family and your business, I believe it's time to truly take a brief sorbet and allow me to proffer you a few utensils for today's feast. And the first utensil, as I always do, I'll, excuse me, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you begin to see the persuasions of others as mere possibilities, a smorgasbord for your own decision making? Or will you continue to follow others' leads and try to convince yourself that they really know what's best for you? (laughs) The choice, my friend, is truly yours. And as a second utensil, I can sense your yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from the 102 Best Business Quips book, which I am pulling here now as we speak. Let's go to the front here. Okay, this is number nine. A bad attorney wraps the business leader in paper manacles. A good one points out undiscovered avenues uh, that go to success, and they typically charge less. What do you think, Tom? Have you had your fill of advisors who shackle you rather than liberate folks, the folks they counsel? Right. You know, they're not. What, what, what the problem is, they're just not committed to their clients. They're committed to themselves. And you know, we need professionals yeah. who are committed to helping the, uh, the the customer, the client, be successful rather than themselves. Well, it's a it's a very good point, wisely said. And uh, for my own afterthought. I, you know, I've always found the best way to navigate strange waters is to cleverly seek out the smoothest course of where you do want to go, rather than fearfully lurching away from each upcoming coming danger. And if you smirked a bit over that quip, we have them literally by the books full. Just visit BartsBooks.com, pick up your copy of 102 or the 101 Best Business Quips book, and you will set your conversation glistening with the spice of laughter, or so we promise you anyway. Uh, And as a third utensil, we sumptuously spoon to you the answer to last week's business quotation. That is, the name of the individual who said, Knowledge may give weight but accomplishments give luster, and many more people see than weigh. (laughs) 
Amen. Those words were spoken by none other than the wise and remarkably well-traveled Greek historian Herodotus. That was a tough one, I know, but so congratulations to you winners. And stick with us, because later on in the show, blurting away, comes another enriching quotation. And if you're among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down, as you believe him or to be, and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. And if you're correct, your knowledge will earn you a mind and soul-igniting gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. <laughs> and before we return to Mr. Tom Hubler and his wise perspectives on family business, allow me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today. And that company is Prometheus Publishing who this day invites you to take a look at a book which has helped many great women in their careers, <clears throat> entitled, Behind Every Successful Woman Is Herself. This, this is a gem of a guide embracing the thoughts of leading business women and provides the techniques, the discipline, and those all-important attitudes for ladies who want their careers and their ventures to soar meteorically. It makes an ideal gift for the graduate or for anyone who's just stepping into the business community or someone who wants to pull herself off of that darn plateau, you may pick up your copy at bartsbooks.com, bookstore, that's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com. And if you enjoyed today's quip and you'd like a, a bit of wisdom flung at you every week, we invite you to visit bartsbooks.com while you're there getting your uh, <clears throat> book. And you can get a free subscribe, absolutely free, by the eternal enigma of email. You can get a free quip coming your way. You'll receive a dose of laughter and wisdom every week. Now, with utensils on hand, let us plunge tenderly trotting that fiscal and emotional tight wire. Let's get on back to the realms of family business with our deftly-footed guide, Mr. Tom Hubler. Now, Tom, I, I think it's very fine to to bring bring families together and involve them but at, to, at once you get past the entrepreneurial stage in a business you, you you move into i suppose for want of a better term the professional mode and what this often means is that you've got to replace loyal devoted staff with those who are professionally capable and uh, you know this thought comes to me in a family business you know but we're talking my wife and my beloved cousin, cousin egbert here you know how does the 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 family business handle this growth shift very carefully. Um, it's it's one of those <laughs> things where it you know it's competency and commitment are the basis for people's role in the company. And what happens? It's not unusual for the company to outgrow the capability of many of the people who helped the company get started. But if it's going to continue to be yeah, successful, yeah. it has to have a plan about getting the kind of resources necessary to help the company continue to thrive and to professionalize. And I was working with a, a client a number of years ago where the dad had started the business and had his, his, his loyal salespeople and his loyal accountant, all kinds of things that, you know, that he really was committed to. And he recruited his son who was a very ambitious, bright, capable guy. And, and, and initially they were in dispute about, uh, how to how to grow the business, and once that got resolved, the next issue had to do with the uh, the staff, and it became a, a yeah, huh? father son issue rather than the business issue. But eventually, uh, they uh, were able to make uh, what I would call a contribution to the common good out of their love, their generosity, and their sense of abundance, and decided to work together 
to come up with uh, the replacement people and put other members of the family who were not uh, operating effectively in different positions in the company so they could continue to feel good about themselves and still make a contribution to get the right people and the right seats on the bus so the company could continue to thrive. So they worked it out in a win-win fashion rather than a win-lose fashion. And win-lose, when people try to work these things out, usually in a win-lose fashion, it always ends up being lose-lose. And the major consequence is the, is the hurt family relationships. Yeah, I, I, I think I absolutely agree with you. But it just seems to me that you, uh, as, as I'm listening to you, you speak, you're talking about viewing your staff as more than slot fillers. This is, this is, you're, you're, you bring in the new professional whom you desperately need to, to move, take your company forward. But you have other you have other people there, family members, uh, right. that you and you can't just say you can't just slots. You have to find other other avenues for them, right? Right. Well, the, in the company I was thinking about, one of the major issues had to do with the financial uh-huh. person, and the old financial person who mm-hmm. was, the dad was extremely loyal to could not provide the son uh-huh. with the necessary financial information to run the company. And so they had, right. you know, it was a very, very painful, difficult, you know, several months of conversations to get this worked out. But eventually the father, you know, again, made the contribution to the common good. And they were able to find a spot in the company where the fellow could still make a contribution and at the same time bring in mm. the, you know, the sophisticated financial person to be able to help the company operate successfully. But it took a major commitment yeah. on their part to work together and to collaborate and do it in a win-win fashion rather than win-lose. Boy, that, that's uh, that's a great growth tale, and uh, it's, it's one that's, uh, it, as you, you summed up at the very beginning, very carefully. But if done with love, I think you can get, move toward a, a win-win. Uh, in in your book, you you talk about a uh, another move moving into the professionalism. You talk uh, you you take a case study of a company called Peterson Realty, and you cite the value of creating a sort of a company prospectus as the company decides to bring on uh, a board of directors, now this, which is a, a, another big problem because that's, that's a move. In your more than three decades of experience, uh, how do you can, you, can you give us a few tips or ideas about going about when you reach the stage, you need a board, when you need board governance, how you go about that in a family business? Usually... Usually, uh, in an entrepreneurial company, legally you have to have a board, but for the most part, they're not active. But when you have multiple family members involved in the company, you have to have, uh, well, first of all, entrepreneurs are irreplaceable. And the question is, if they're right. irreplaceable, what are you going to do? Well, you have to, come up, you have to come up with a new system. And the new system is a board of directors that's active with outside advisory people. And a prospectus is basically a job description for the, uh, the new members of the board. And so what you do is you, you create a, um, uh, a, a, guideline, a set of guidelines, a set of guidelines uh-huh. about what you expect people to do. And you look for people who can add value to the company, who can help you uh, address some of the issues that you have going forward. And you shouldn't use your uh, lawyer, your attorney, your buddies, your golf buddies. You need to find people who are independent <laughs> who are independent and uh, represent the whole company and what the company or, and what the family's plan is for the company. And, 
So, uh, and there are in, that's a there that's are, a very uh, good idea. And there are multiple people who are eager to give back. They're not in it for the money. What they're in it for is they want to continue to make a contribution and give back based on the success they've had. And you want to try to find people who have gone through what you're going to be going through. You want to anticipate what you're going to be doing in terms of your growth and development and select people who have already gone through it, who've had the experience of dealing with these issues that that can guide you as you go forward. I I appreciate that. So it's it's such a difficult thing, and I think the the three points that you brought out there are very poignant. And I I thank you. And I we're uh, we're coming to the last few questions because we're running out of time. But I have one, and that is my agricultural sources tell me that Mr. Thomas Hubler is among his many other endeavors a very talented beekeeper. And so as an expert on these high achievers of the animal kingdom, do you have any lessons, good lessons for us as homo sapiens, things that we might learn? I mean, do I need to toss away all my individuality and ambitions for the sake of the family hive? I mean, are there, what have you learned uh, as a beekeeper? So one of the things, that's, one of the big things about um, beekeeping uh, and bees in general is the importance of communication. They communicate, they communicate, they communicate, and they communicate. And they do it through odors. They communicate uh, with each other uh, in terms of odors. And they also communicate with, uh, with each other in what's called a dance. And, they, and one of the dances is called a wagtail dance, and it's how they tell each other where the, um, where the, uh, where the honey is located. Right. That, that's yeah. Actually, isn't that wonderful that you said that? You did not say that uh, we need to unite into a solid. No, you said they need to communicate, which still allows for individuality. And by the way, oh, the there's so many more. I wanted so many questions. I'd love to. Ask, I'd love to ask you, but uh, the the most important one for all of us right now, for each of us here, if if I am looking, if I am part of a family business or am looking to start one or I I have one. How might I get a hold of Tom Hubler's wise counsel? How could I get in touch with you and and have you uh, either speak at my next event or or actually give some some first some first hand counseling? Uh, you can contact me through my website hublerfamilybusiness.com, and um, I would be glad to respond to your inquiries and your ideas and to speak at your next uh, uh, event. Um, and and to give you uh, and respond to any kind of questions you may have. Well, thank you very much. This has been just uh, this has been fab- fabulous for me, and I'm so glad that that this really under it's not underappreciated, but it's it's under aided, I guess, aspect of the business community, family business, and and it's good to have somebody who really has good, solid answers like yourself. And I thank you so much for coming on and uh, presenting us a, a feast of wisdom today. And we'll have to have you back. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having well, me. Well, thank you, Tom. So now, as we round out today's feast, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotation. And that is, who said, I'm not afraid of an army of lions led by a sheep. I am afraid of an army of sheep led by a lion. (laughs) 
And as a hint to the author of that, this legendary general who conquered half of Asia while still in his 20s was accused of being a mama's boy in his early teens. <laughs> and remember, if you know the author of this quote, just write the author's name down as you believe him or her to be and send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com to win an absolutely life and career-igniting gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, if the only compensation you can find in your job is cash, you are being underpaid. Best find a new line of work. And to you, gleefully sharing our feast, I hope you've enjoyed The Art of the CEO as much as Tom and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember, you may download this on all our shows by visiting theartoftheceo.com. And finally to you, who have honored us with your time, may I say as always, it has been a privilege, and I thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.